Hey everyone, it's Storytime with Aussie Dad, and as a special request from one of our awesome listeners, we will be reading the second book in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series, Roderick Rules. September, Monday. I guess mum was pretty proud of herself for making me write in that journal last year, because now she went and bought me another one. But remember how I said that if some jerk caught me carrying a book with diary on the cover, they were going to get the wrong idea? Well, that's exactly what happened today. Now that Roderick knows I have another journal, I better remember to keep this one locked up. Roderick actually got a hold of my last journal a few weeks back, and it was a disaster. But don't even even get me started on that story. Even without my Roderick problems, my summer was pretty lousy. Our family didn't go anywhere or do anything fun, and that's Dad's fault. Dad made me join the swim team again, and he wanted to make sure I didn't miss any meets this year. Dad's got this idea that I'm destined to be a great swimmer or something, so that's why he makes me join the team every summer. At my first swim meet a couple of years ago, Dad told me that when the umpire shot off the starter pistol, I was supposed to dive in and start swimming. But what he didn't tell me was that the starter gun only fired blanks. So I was a whole lot more worried about where the bullet was going to land than I was about getting myself to the other end of the pool. Even after Dad explained the whole starter pistol concept to me, I was still the worst swimmer on the team. But I did end up winning Most Improved at the awards banquet at the end of the summer. That's only because there was a 10 minute difference between my first race and my last one. So I guess Dad's still waiting for me to live up to my potential. In a lot of ways, being on the swim team was worse than being in high school. First of all, we had to be at the pool by 7.30 every morning, and the water was always freezing cold. And second of all, we were all crammed into two lanes, so I always had somebody on my tail trying to get around me. The reason we had to use two lanes was because swim practice was at the same time as the water jazz class. I actually tried to convince Dad to let me do water jazz instead of swim team, but he wouldn't go for it. This was the first summer the coach let us boys wear board shorts instead of those skimpy racing speedos, but Mum said Roderick's hand-me-down speedos were perfectly fine. After swim practice, Roderick would pick me up in his band's van. Mum had this crazy idea that if me and Roderick spent quality time on the ride home every day, we wouldn't fight as much, but all it did was make things a lot worse. Roderick was always half an hour late picking me up, and he wouldn't let me sit up the front. He said the chlorine would ruin his seat, even though the van is something like 15 years old. Roderick's van doesn't actually have any seats in the back, so I had to squeeze in with all the band equipment, and every time the van came to a stop, I had to pray I didn't get my head taken off by one of Roderick's drums. I ended up walking home every day instead of getting a ride from Roderick. I figured it was better to just walk the two miles than to get brain damage riding in the back of that van. Halfway through the summer, I decided I was pretty much done with swim team, so I came up with a trick to get out of practice. I'd swim a few laps, and then I'd ask the coach if I could use the bathroom. Then I'd just hide out in the locker room until practice was over. The only problem with my plan was that it was something like 40 degrees in the boys' bathroom, so it was even colder in there than it was in the pool. I had to wrap myself up in toilet paper so I didn't get hypothermia. That's how I spent a pretty big chunk of my summer holiday, and that's why I'm actually looking forward to going back to school tomorrow. 
Tuesday. When I got to school today, everybody was acting all strange around me. And at first I didn't know what was up. Then I remembered. I still had the cheese touch from last year. I got the cheese touch in the last week of school. And over the summer, I completely forgot about it. The problem with the cheese touch is that you've got it until you can pass it on to someone else. But nobody would even get within 30 feet of me, so I knew I was going to be stuck with the cheese touch for the whole year. Luckily, there was a new kid named Jeremy Pindle in homeroom, so that took care of that problem. My first class was pre-algebra, and the teacher put me right next to Alex Aruda, the smartest kid in the whole class. Alex is super easy to copy off of because he always finishes his test early and puts his paper down on the floor next to him. So if I ever get in a pinch, it's nice to know I can count on Alex to bail me out. Kids whose last names start with the first few letters of the alphabet get caught on the most by the teacher and that's why they end up being the smartest. Some people think that's not true, but if you want to come down to my school, I can prove it. I can only think of one kid who broke the last name rule, and that's Peter Utega. Peter was the smartest kid in the class all the way up until the fifth grade. That's when a bunch of us started giving him a hard time about how his initials sounded when you said them out loud. P-U. These days, Peter doesn't raise his hand at all, and he's pretty much a C student. I guess I feel a little bad about the whole PU thing and what happened to Peter, but it's hard not to take credit whenever it comes up. Anyway, today I got pretty decent seats in all my classes except 7th period history. My teacher is Mr. Huff and something tells me he had Roderick as a student a few years back. Wednesday, mum has been making me and Roderick help out more around the house and now the two of us are responsible for doing the dishes every night. The rule is that we're not allowed to watch any TV or play video games until all the dishes are done. But let me just say that Roderick is the worst dishes partner in the world. As soon as dinner is over, he goes upstairs to the bathroom and camps out there for an hour. And by the time he comes back downstairs, I'm already done. But if I ever complain to mum and dad, Roderick always pulls out the same lame excuse. My body is on a schedule. I think mum and dad are too worried about my little brother Manny to get involved in the fight between me and Roderick right now anyway. Yesterday, Manny drew a picture at daycare and mum and dad got really upset when they found it in his backpack. Mum and dad thought the picture was supposed to be of them, so now they're acting all lovey in front of Manny. I knew who it was really supposed to be in the picture. Me and Roderick. We got into a big blowout over the remote control the other night and Manny was there to witness the whole thing. But mum and dad don't need to find out about that. Thursday. Another reason my summer was kind of lame was because my best friend Rowley was on holiday pretty much the whole time. I think he went to South America or something. But to be honest with you, I'm not really sure. I don't know if this makes me a bad person or whatever, but it's hard for me to get interested in other people's holidays. Besides, it seems like Rowley's family is always travelling to some crazy place in the world, and I can never keep their trips straight. The other reason I don't care about Rowley's trips is because whenever Rowley comes back from one of his holidays, he always crams it down my throat. Last year, Rowley and his family went to Australia for 10 days, 
but from the way he acted when he got back, you'd think he'd lived there his whole life. Another thing that's really annoying is that whenever Rowley goes to some new country, he gets into whatever fad is going on over there. Like, when Rowley got back from Europe two years ago, he got hooked on this pop singer named Joshy, who I guess is some huge star or something. So, Rowley came back with his bags full of Joshy CDs and posters and stuff. I took one look at the picture on the CD and told Rowley that Joshy was supposed to be for six-year-old girls, but he didn't believe me. Rowley said I was just jealous because he was the one who discovered Joshy. And what made it really irritating was that now this guy was Rowley's new hero. So if I ever tried to say anything critical at all, Rowley didn't want to hear it. Speaking of foreign countries, today in French class, Madame Lafria told us we're going to be choosing pen pals this year. When Roderick was in high school, he had a 17-year-old girl from Holland as his pen pal. I know, because I've seen the letters in his junk drawer. When Madame Lafria handed out the forms, I made sure I checked off the boxes that would get me a pen pal, just like Roderick's. But after Madame Lafria read over my form, she made me start over and pick again. She said I had to choose a boy who is my age, and he has to be French, so I don't exactly have high hopes for my pen pal experience. Friday. Mum decided to start making Roderick pick me up after school just like he picked me up after swim practice. I guess that means she didn't learn from that experience. But I did. So when Roderick picked me up today, I asked him to please take it easy on the brakes. Roderick said, OK. But then he went out of his way to find every speed bump in town. When I got out of the van, I called Roderick a big jerk, and then it got physical. Mum saw the whole thing unfold from the living room window. Mum made us come inside and she sat us down at the kitchen table. Then she said, me and Roderick were going to have to settle our differences in a civil manner. Mum told me and Roderick we each had to write down what we did wrong. And then we had to draw a picture to go along with it. And I knew exactly where Mum was going with that idea. Mum used to be a preschool teacher. And whenever a kid would do something wrong, she'd make him draw a picture of it. I guess the idea was to make the kid feel ashamed of what he did so he wouldn't do it again. Well, mum's idea might have worked great on a bunch of four-year-olds, but she's going to have to think of something better if she wants me and Roderick to get along. The truth is, Roderick can pretty much treat me any way he wants because he knows there's nothing I can do about it. See, Roderick is the only one who knows about this really embarrassing thing that happened to me over the summer, and he's been holding it over my head ever since. So if I ever tell on him for anything, he'll spill my secret to the whole world. I just wish I had some dirt on him to even things out. I do know one embarrassing thing about Roderick, but I don't think it's going to do me any good. When Roderick was a sophomore, he was sick the day they did school photos, so Mum told Dad to mail in Roderick's freshman picture for the school to use in the yearbook. Don't ask me how Dad screwed this up, but he sent in Roderick's second grade picture, and believe it or not, it actually got printed. Unfortunately, Roderick was smart enough to rip that page out of his yearbook, so if I'm ever going to find something to use against him, I guess I have to keep digging. Wednesday. Ever since Mum assigned the dishes to me and Roderick, Dad's been going down to the furnace room after dinner to work on this miniature Civil War battlefield of his. 
Dad spends at least three hours a night down there working on that thing. I think Dad would be happy to spend the whole weekend working on his battlefield, but Mum has other plans for him. Mum likes to rent these romantic comedies, and she makes Dad watch them with her. But I know Dad is just waiting for the first chance to break away and go back down to the basement. Whenever Dad can't be down in the furnace room, he makes sure us kids keep away from it. Dad won't let me or Roderick go near his battlefield because he thinks we're going to mess something up. And earlier today, I overheard Dad say something to Manny to make sure he doesn't go poking around back there either. Saturday. Rowley came over to my house today. Dad doesn't like it when Rowley comes over because Dad always says Rowley is accident prone. I think it's because this one time Rowley was eating dinner here and he dropped a plate and broke it. So now Dad has this idea that Rowley is going to ruin his whole Civil War battlefield in one klutzy move. Whenever Rowley comes over to my house these days, he gets the same greeting. Rowley's dad doesn't like me either. That's why I don't go over to his house much anymore. The last time I spent the night at Rowley's, we watched this movie where some kids taught themselves a secret language that no grown-ups could understand. Me and Rowley thought that was pretty cool, and we tried to figure out how to talk in the same language the kids were using in the movie. But we couldn't really get the hang of it, so we made up our own secret language. Then we tried it out at dinner. But Rowley's dad must have cracked our code because I ended up getting sent home before dessert and I haven't been invited to spend the night at Rowley's ever since. When Rowley came over to my house today, he brought a bunch of pictures from his trip with him. He said the best part of his holiday was when they went on a river safari and he showed me all these blurry pictures of birds and stuff. Now, I've been to the Wild Kingdom Amusement Park a bunch of times, and they have this River Rapids ride where they have these awesome robot animals like gorillas and dinosaurs. If you ask me, Rowley's parents should have just saved their money and taken him there instead. But of course, Rowley didn't want to hear about my experiences, so he just gathered up his pictures and went back home. Tonight after dinner, Mum made Dad watch one of the movies she rented, but Dad really wanted to work on his Civil War battlefield. When Mum got up to go to the bathroom, Dad stuffed a bunch of pillows under the blanket on his side of the bed to make it look like he was asleep. Mum didn't find out about Dad's decoy until after the movie was over. She made Dad come to bed, even though it was only 8.30. And now Manny sleeps in Mum and Dad's bed because he's afraid of the monster that lives in the furnace room. Tuesday. I thought I was done hearing about Rowley's trip, but I was wrong. Yesterday, our social studies teacher asked Rowley to tell the class all about his holiday, and today he came to school wearing this ridiculous costume. But what was even worse was when some girls came up to Rowley at lunch and started kissing his butt. But then I realised maybe that wasn't such a bad thing after all, so I started parading Rowley around the cafeteria because, after all, he is my best friend. Saturday. Dad has been taking me to the mall every Saturday for the past few weeks. At first, I thought it was because he wanted to spend more time with me, but then I realised he's just making sure he's out of the house for Roderick's band practices, which I can totally understand. Roderick and his heavy metal band practice in the basement on weekends. The lead singer of the band is this guy named Bill Walter, and me and Dad bump into Bill on the way out the door today. 
Bill doesn't have a job and he still lives with his parents, even though he's 35 years old. I'm pretty sure Dad's worst fear is that Roderick is going to see Bill as some kind of role model and that Roderick will want to follow in Bill's footsteps. So whenever Dad sees Bill, it just puts him in a bad mood for the rest of the day. The reason Roderick invited Bill to be in his band was because Bill got voted most likely to be a rock star when he was in high school. That hasn't really worked out for Bill yet, and I think I heard Anna Rentham is in prison. Anyway, me and Dad went to the mall for a few hours today, but when we got back, Roderick's band practice wasn't over yet. You could hear the guitars and drums from a block away, and there were a bunch of random teenagers hanging out in our driveway. I guess they must have heard the music coming out of the basement and got drawn to it, sort of like how moths get drawn to a light. When Dad saw those teenagers in the driveway, he totally freaked out. Dad ran inside to call the cops, but Mum stopped him before he could die or trip below. Mum said those teenagers weren't doing any harm and that they were just appreciating Roderick's music. But I don't even know how she could say that with a straight face, and if you ever heard Roderick's band, you'd know what I mean. Dad couldn't relax with all those teenagers out in our driveway, so Dad went upstairs and got his boombox, then he put in a classical music CD and let it play, and you would not believe how quickly the driveway cleared out after that. Dad was pretty proud of himself for thinking up that one, but Mum accused him of getting rid of Roderick's fans on purpose. Sunday. Today on the car ride to church, I was making faces at Manny, trying to get him to laugh. I made this one face that made Manny laugh so hard that apple juice came out of his nose. But then Mum said, You could have killed him. Well, once Mum put that thought in Manny's head, it was all over. See? This is the reason I keep my distance from Manny. Every time I try to have a little fun with him, I end up regretting it. I remember when I was younger and mum and dad told me I was getting a little brother. I was really excited. After all those years of getting pushed around by Roderick, I was definitely ready to move up a notch on the totem pole. But mum and dad have always been super protective of Manny and they won't let me lay a finger on him even if he totally deserves it. Like, the other day, I plugged in my video game system and it wouldn't start. I opened it up and found out that Manny had stuffed a chocolate chip cookie in the disk drive. And of course, Manny used the same excuse he always uses when he breaks my stuff. I'm only three. I really wanted to let Manny have it, but I couldn't do anything with Mum standing right there. Mum said she'd have a talk with Manny, and they went downstairs. Half an hour later, they came back up to my room and Manny was holding something in his hands. It was a ball of tinfoil with a bunch of toothpicks sticking out of it. Don't ask me how that was supposed to make up for my broken video game system. I went to throw the stupid thing away, but Mum wouldn't even let me do that. The first chance I get, that thing's going in the trash. Because mark my words, if I don't get rid of it, I'm going to end up sitting in it. Even though Manny drives me totally nuts, there is one reason I like having him around. Ever since Manny started talking, Roderick has stopped making me sell chocolate bars for his school fundraisers, and believe me, I'm grateful for that. Monday. Madame Lafria made us write our first pen pal letters today. I got assigned to this kid named Marmadou Montpierre, 
and I guess he lives someplace in France. I know I'm supposed to write in French, and Marmadou is supposed to write in English, but to be honest with you, writing in a foreign language is pretty hard. So I don't really see the need for both of us to stress out over the whole pen pal thing. Dear Marmadou, first of all, I think we should both just write in English to keep things simple. By the way, remember how I said I was going to end up sitting on Manny's spiky tinfoil ball thing? Well, I was half right. Rowley came over today to play video games and he ended up sitting on it. I'm actually kind of relieved, to be honest with you. I lost track of that thing a couple of days ago, and I'm just glad it finally turned up. And in all the commotion, I threw Manny's gift in the garbage. But something tells me Mum wouldn't have stopped me this time. Wednesday. Roderick has an English paper due tomorrow, and Mum's actually making him do it himself for once. Roderick doesn't know how to type, so he usually writes his papers out on notebook paper and then hands them off to Dad. But when Dad reads over Roderick's work, he finds all sorts of factual errors. Roderick doesn't really care about the mistakes, so he tells Dad to just go ahead and type the paper like it is. But Dad can't stand typing a paper with errors in it, so he just rewrites Roderick's paper from scratch. And then a couple of days later, Roderick brings his graded paper home and acts like he did it himself. This has been going on for a few years, and I guess Mum decided she's going to put an end to it. So tonight she told Dad that Roderick was going to have to do his own work this time around, (coughs) and that Dad wasn't allowed to help out. Roderick went in the computer room after dinner, and you could hear him typing about one letter a minute. I could tell the sound of Roderick typing was driving Dad totally bananas. On top of that, Roderick would come out of the computer room every 10 minutes and ask Dad some dumb question. After a couple of hours, Dad finally cracked. Dad waited for Mum to go to bed and then he typed Roderick's whole paper for him. So I guess this means Roderick's system is safe, at least for now. I have a book report due tomorrow, but I'm really not sweating it. I found the secret to doing book reports a long time ago. I've been milking the same book for the past five years. Sherlock Sammy does it again. There are about 20 short stories and Sherlock Sammy does it again, but I just treat each story like it's a whole book and the teacher never notices. These Sherlock Sammy stories are all the same. Some grown-up commits crime and then Sherlock Sammy figures it out and makes the person look stupid. I'm kind of an expert at writing book reports by now. All you have to do is write exactly what the teacher wants to hear and you're all set. Man, Sherlock Sammy is so smart, and I'll bet that's because he reads so many books. There are a bunch of hard words in this book, but I looked them up in the dictionary, so now I know what they mean. These are two of the things that Greg actually handed in to the teacher. And that's the end of part one of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. Thanks for listening.